Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. It is Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Good evening to all of you. Hope everyone's doing well. Said it before in previous podcasts, stay healthy and stay strong. It's time for another classic album, Rewind. And we're featuring the epic album, Masterpiece by Metallica, Master of puppets this was an album that was released in 1986 and i've mentioned before that van halen one was such a great album and an epic album that had a huge impact on what came after in terms of rock music and it was almost immediate in terms of the sound of the guitar and the choruses and the way songs were structured, you look at everything after Van Halen 1, it was a definitive moment in rock history. I also feel that same way about Master of Puppets. The only difference is is that it wasn't an immediate change. It took about another three, four years before the thrash metal movement really came to the forefront of rock and roll. I remember hearing this album for the first time on a radio station in Chicago called WVVX, RPM, Real Precious Metal. They world premiered it. I don't know if it was the only station across the country that was playing it. I imagine it wasn't, but in Chicago, it was the Chicago premiere, if you will. And this was a radio station that would come on after 7 o'clock at night. During the day, it was a Spanish-speaking station, and from 7 to like 1 a.m., they played metal Sunday through Saturday. So this was the only metal station after WMET went away to a new wave of jazz or or new wave jazz or whatever you call it. Um, That was 95.5 in Chicago. WMET is what I grew up with early on. 
like when I was six, seven, eight years old. And then we didn't have any rock stations, like hard rock stations in Chicago. We had the loop, but the loop played a lot of different stuff. Like they played the cars and they played Tom Petty and that's great. You know, that music is good too. But in terms of just having a rock station that played new rock, like Priest, Maiden, Motley Crue, Wasp, Kiss, everybody. It was WVVX. So after dinner, I'd help my mom wash the dishes, take out the garbage, do whatever I had to do. My homework was done. Sometimes I would go in my room and I would turn on my stereo. And I had bought this stereo with these speakers. It was a dual cassette with a turntable on top. And I bought it with my paper route money. So I was all set up. I was set up really good. And I still had this Hitachi one speaker single cassette boombox that I had that I would take outside with me. Or I would put it on the other side of the bed when I was supposed to go to bed at bedtime. And then I'd have those little cheap headphones and I'd plug it in. And I'd listen to the radio station till like 1 a.m. in the morning and then go to school, you know, blurry eyed and everything because I didn't get any sleep because I was up listening to rock music. Mm-hmm. And that was really my education in rock music. So anyway, this album was being premiered one night, and I had been familiar with a bit of Metallica before, like Fade to Black and Whiplash, um, Am I Evil, probably about a handful of songs, Ride the Lightning, uh, I'm trying to think of other songs, maybe Seek and Destroy, probably a handful or so songs that I had heard Metallica and it didn't really resonate with me all that much because of what was being played and what was popular then you know the early 80s was very raw you know you listen to the music produced from like 80 to like 84 versus like 85 to like 88 87 so it was a little different and I didn't not like it but it just really wasn't in my sweet spot so VVX was world premiering or Chicago premiering the Master of Puppets record in 1986. And the first song was Battery, which has this acoustic guitar intro, beautiful piece of, of music, and then it just goes right into this hard and heavy track. And I remember just staring at my stereo listening to this, not moving, because I was intrigued by what I was hearing. You know, I never really sat, I've I've listened to Metallica prior to that, but I never really listened to Metallica. So here I am hearing Battery, and I'm like, wow, this is intense. And then it goes into Master of Puppets. And then The Thing That Should Not Be, and then Sanitarium. I mean, the first side of this album is just incredible. I mean, when you're talking about great first sides or great sides of a record or an album, I mean, this has to rank up there with any metal or hard rock album ever released. But it changed me and the way I listened to things just from that very first moment of hearing the record. It was intense. 
there was so much going on. The guitars were playing faster than I'd ever heard them play before. I didn't know how they were playing, similar to what I had heard a few years prior with Van Halen 1. I didn't know how what Eddie Van Halen was playing or how he was playing the guitar or what he was doing. I mean, hearing Eruption, you know, was kind of compared to hearing Battery or Master of Puppets in that it was so intense and it was so different than anything that I had heard before. You know, I didn't hear any Slayer prior to that, and I didn't hear any Exodus or any other band that existed inside. Venom was another thrash band as well. So I continued to listen, you know, and then we got into the second side with Disposable Heroes and Leper Messiah, the instrumental Orion, and then Damage Inc. ended it. So I remember digesting all of it. And then, of course, the DJ came on and took calls from the audience, and everybody was saying how great it was and how awesome it was. And I was still, like, in that lost mode, like, what the hell did I just hear? That was, like, I've never heard anything else before like that. I mean, nothing compared to that album. And I know it wasn't their first album, but it was the first album that connected with me with Metallica. And I remember going to school the next day, and trying to hear what other people thought. And no one really discussed it. No one really was like, did you hear that album last night by Metallica? Did you hear how great it was? Nobody really nobody really talked about it at lunch or in between periods or whatever. So I think I was in fifth grade at the time. Or sixth grade maybe. I think I was in sixth grade. So again, that night, Afterwards, I went and listened to VVX again. And they played Master of Puppets, and I think they played a couple other tracks, and they were playing it a lot. This station was really connected with Metallica. I posted an old interview with Metallica the other night on my Twitter page, and it's from 1986, and it's with them, but prior to Cliff dying after they play the UIC Pavilion, which is the University of Illinois at Chicago, opening up for Ozzy. And then they came back to the studio and they did this interview. And you hear how young they are. You hear how just every life is just in front of them. And then, of course, a few months later, tragic death of Cliff Burton which really changed Metallica and really forced them to evolve I always think of what Metallica would have been like if Cliff hadn't died and he was still in the band what they would sound like if they would have gone in the direction and I'm not saying that the Black Album and everything that came after that is Jason Newstead's fault. I don't think it is. I don't think you really had much to do with the creative course that they were going, the creative journey. But Cliff did have a stronger voice in what they did, more so than Jason did. And I always wonder if he would have had an influence on that or if he would have agreed with the other members of the band. We'll never know the answer to that. And you also hear the anger and the mourning in Injustice for All. And, and we can talk about Injustice for All in another episode. I'll do that album 
at some point. Not one of my favorite Metallica records, but I still appreciate the place that they were playing from and what they were trying to do. But getting back to Master of Puppets, I've always said that Metallica had more of an impact on killing hair metal, as people call it, or hair bands, which I don't like that term, but I think Metallica had more of an impact than the grunge movement did. Because after Master of Puppets came out, the underground rock movement, metal movement, really began to flourish. You you talk about bands like Anthrax, and I mentioned Slayer, and Exodus, and Megadeth, of course, and all those thrash bands that started to come out from the cracks in the ground, right? They were coming to the surface, and people really started to listen to that. I mean, you think of another big album after Master of Puppets, you think of Among the Living from Anthrax, you think of P-Cells from Megadeth. Think of Rain and Blood. I don't know if that was before or after Master of Puppets, but again, another big record that started to get recognized by the disenfranchised youth, the you know forgotten kids, the kids that didn't play the sports, that didn't were not on the basketball team or the football team or the baseball team. You know, the kids that had the you know the, the jean jackets and stuff, and they were called burnouts. And they had they were a very tight group of kids, you know, very tight group of friends, and they were really big on Maiden and big on Priest and big on Metallica. And they started listening to the stuff even before Master came out. But there was that undercurrent of metal that was slowly taking away from the MTV rock music. And of course, it wasn't until a few years later when they released the video for one, you really started to see the movement come right front and center. And Metallica was leading the way. And a lot of it started with Master of Puppets. I think about that one video, and I'm also bringing in some elements of Injustice for All because a lot of that music was composed and written during the period prior to Cliff's death. So a lot of that music on Injustice for All was written while Metallica was doing that promotional tour with Cliff and even before that. But Metallica started to change the way people listen to music after the video for one because people went from wearing Poison shirts and Motley Crue shirts and Rat shirts, Bon Jovi shirts. They started wearing Metallica shirts. They started coming to school with those. That's how people were rolling back then. I do think grunge was the final nail in the coffin for that 80s rock genre that existed back then. I think people were moving away from that because of Metallica, because of Megadeth and those bands. And I think a lot of it had to do with the success of Master of Puppets. Metallica was primarily an underground band prior to that album, and it really elevated with Electra Records' support after that. I mean, they toured with Ozzy, and they were they played the Monsters 
of rock festival, I want to say, um, with Kiss and Bon Jovi and Rat. Now think about Metallica being on the low end of that bill with those bands back then. And I've said this before, there's a difference between what people called heavy metal back then to what is considered metal now. You know, people called Def Leppard and Bon Jovi and Rat and those bands all heavy metal. It's just the way they, you know, how it was classified. That's the truth. You can argue that, but at one point, all those bands were considered heavy metal. But think about Metallica being on that bill. I think it was in Donington and still building their audience, playing in front of 70,000 people. And after Cliff died, they went and hired Jason Newstead and I think they recorded the Garage Days right after that, in between And Justice for All and Master of Puppets, with the song Helpless and some other songs that were on there. But it had such an impact on what people were doing after that. I mean, think about the bands that have been influenced by Metallica. You know, the kids that were 10, 11, 12, 13 years old listening to that and what they became to be and what they started in a band Things started to change. It was a slower, evolving change, different than, I think, with Van Halen. Van Halen was absolute immediate. You listen to guitar tones, you listen to song structure after Van Halen won, it changed immediately. Where Metallica, it was like a growing army that was slowly building and slowly building until Injustice for All came out with the song One, it was cool to be a Metallica fan. And then when the Black Album came out in the early 90s, it was mainstream. Obviously, they had a different sound with Bob Rock recording and producing them. They had a little bit more of a hook in their music, a little bit more sharper, shorter songs. That's the way they evolved. I, I don't know if Metallica could have kept going with the sound of Master and Injustice for All and been or become the band that they are now, the selling out football stadiums. I don't think if they would have maintained course, I don't I think they would have had a nice pop you know peak at the Injustice for All and maybe the album after that, but it would have it would have never been what it became. I don't see them ever becoming a mainstream act accepted by millions like they were in the Black Album if they kept the same style and the same, with the same songs and all that. That's just my opinion. I might be wrong. But Master of Puppets, there's also another interesting background about this that I don't know if a lot of people know, but originally Lars Ulrich reached out to Getty Lee from Rush about producing the album. Getty, unfortunately, could not do it because of scheduling conflicts. And it happens. I mean, I, I don't know what album they were recording or producing at the time, but might have been Grace Under Pressure, maybe, or Hold Your Fire, I want to say. Maybe it was those one of those two albums. I don't know. but And also, they, you know, they were a touring machine back then, too. You know, the other thing about Master of Puppets that was also different than what was being released and recorded out there was the subject matter of the songs. 
you, know, you think of Disposable Heroes. That was an anti-war song. And, in, there was, and there was not a lot of songs being released and recorded back then that were singing anti-war songs. You know, Kiss wasn't. Motley Crue wasn't. Poison wasn't. Ozzy wasn't. So you could really dive deep in the subject matter of a lot of these songs. You know, Master of Puppets, songs about, you know, like abuse of power. You know, the Master of Puppets controlling you. But the album, it was different. It was refreshing. When you think about the number of albums that they sold, number of copies that they sold of this album with very little airplay. Very little airplay. It's astonishing. I think it's six times platinum or something like that. When you think that it's the, or it was the first metal album to be recorded into the Library of Congress... That's incredible when you think about it. When you think about all the pushback, when you think about people labeling this band bad for children, I think they slapped the the label, the PMRC label on Master of Puppets when this came out. But it has stood the test of time. A lot of people didn't think Thrash was going to stand the test of time. And sure, of course, like any genre or any style of rock music, there is the good and there is the bad. Metallica has proven time and time again that it is above the rest of the groups. Talk about Slayer, you could talk about Anthrax, talk about Megadeth, you could say, oh, this song's better, these guys are better. But Metallica shines above all of them, and a lot of it started with the Kill 'Em All album and the Ride the Lightning, but it became elevated with Master of Puppets. The Master of Puppets really put them on the map in terms of going forward. The album cover was also different. It was also deeper than what was being released at the time. You think about some of the other album covers around 86 and 87, you know, you think of Theater of Pain into Girls, Girls, Girls. Theater of Pain has this bright colored album with the theater masks. And then you've got Girls, Girls, Girls with more of a gritty type of look. Which again, I don't know that maybe that is the Metallica influence. More of an immediate influence right there. You know, you think of Guns N' Roses, you you know, Appetite for Destruction that came out after Master of Puppets. You think of the black background with the cross and the skull faces. Is that a impact of Master of Puppets and being a little darker, a little edgier? I don't know. But Master of Puppets remains the quintessential Metallica album. It remains... The album that if you're going to give someone who's never heard Metallica before, if you're going to give them an album to listen to, 9 out of 10 people will give that person Master of Puppets. 
It is simply a masterpiece. The album has the unique way of changing with the times in terms of it feels different every few years when you listen to it. You interpret things different every few years you listen to it. It keeps evolving with you, which is another way to judge a great album. And that's very interesting when you think about it. The album connects with me differently now than it did when I was 11 years old, than it did when I was 20 years old, than it did when I was in my 30s. There's other meanings to the songs that I I interpret, which is, again, music can stand the test of time, but it can also change with you and change as you grow and as you evolve as a person. And if it keeps evolving with you, that's an album that is incredible. If you have an opportunity this weekend, give it a spin. I've got the anniversary edition that they released a few years ago. I got the box set. I've got a couple of them. I've got the Ride the Lightning and I've got the Kill 'em All box sets. So give it a spin. A lot of us aren't doing anything right now. We're all in lockdown. Great time to revisit the album. Let me know what you think on Twitter. Let me know your thoughts on this album, how it resonates with you, how it connected with you. Everyone, again, stay safe out there, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.